Welcome to XX Will Travel, a podcast for independent women travelers. I'm Inez Bolina. And I'm Kathy Polkerbeck. And together we are XX Will Travel. This is part three of our ongoing series called How to Plan a Trip from Scratch. And on today's episode, we're going to tackle the very important process of purchasing airplane tickets. And very intimidating because you're dropping a lot of cash with the click of a button. Yes. So we're going to give you tips on how to do that in the smartest way possible. Let's start from the beginning. Kathy, what sites do you usually go to for purchasing plane tickets? Well, my go-to for a long time has been Kayak, just because I feel like it covers a variety of airlines and um, it's pretty easy to use. Mm -hmm. Lately, I've been migrating towards Google Flights, which gives you more options and, I don't know, just seems to be a little more... Has more options than kayak, I guess. I've been hearing a buzz for a couple years about the ITA matrix. Okay. Which I don't know much about. I know it is the search engine. It was invented by some guy at MIT, and it is the search engine that powers kayak and Google Flights and all this stuff, and it used to be crazy good. I don't know much about it anymore, Uh and it's come under fire for having um, fewer options lately. So if you know about the ITA matrix, love it or hate it, let us know because I am honestly clueless. (laughs) I too was a long fan of kayak until I sold my soul to United. Mm -hmm. And now that is probably the first airline I go to because I'm trying to get those precious miles. I have been dabbling though with a new app. I actually don't know if it's new. It's new to me. An app called Hopper which from what I understand works very similar to Google Flights. It not only shows you the options of what flights are available, when and at what price, but it also helps predict when is the cheapest time and the most expensive time to purchase a particular ticket. And what I like about it is you can save different destinations so that they're kind of always watching for you when the best ticket might pop up. So a word of caution about Kayak and some of these other sites where you um, buy plane tickets is often they don't include budget airlines, such as Southwest, because they don't want to pay the commission to the airlines when people purchase the tickets via the site. So if you're looking for Southwest or what are some other ones, other budget airlines? Oh, Um, Do I know budget airlines? (laughs) I don't. No, I don't know. Oh, maybe Spirit? Although they do show up, I think. Yeah, Spirit shows up on kayaks. So Mm -hmm. that's just the big one for me is Southwest doesn't show up on a lot of airlines Mm -hmm. um, because the commission would be nil. Well, wherever it is that you turn to for tickets, what is the information you should have handy when you do start researching? Well, if you're traveling with a friend... You want to end up on the same flight. (laughs) You should confirm those dates with your friends so you're actually searching the correct dates. Are you talking from experience, Kathy? Yes. Do tell. Well, it wasn't so much that we ended up on the wrong flight. It was that I booked things for the wrong dates and had to go and unbook them. And I would like to thank Hotwire. (laughs) I don't know if the policy still stands, but when I booked a hotel room and it was for the wrong weekend... They kind of gave me a break. So, 
So there you go. Definitely check your dates with your friend. Mm -hmm. I would say just check in general the dates. Yes. The arrival times for both your destination and when you return home. Mm -hmm. Whether you want that to be an a.m. or a p.m. arrival time, you'd be amazed at how easily these two are confused. Uh, credit card info. Sometimes they'll ask you for certain contact information or travel ID numbers. So make sure to have all these things kind of, you know, nearby so that you can turn to them if need be. Oh, a new one is if you have completed the global entry requirements and are a member of that program, you need your known traveler ID number. And that's what's going to get you to pre-check. And um, you get pre-check automatically through the TSA lines and also... That's what will get you through the special passport lines. Yes. So these are kind of things that maybe more people would expect, you know, in terms of info. I think what a lot of people want are the tips. How do I get the cheapest? Where do I find the cheapest? Cheap, cheap, cheap. Mm -hmm. So let's give the bases what they want. All right. Any suggestions, tips, secrets? Well, um, there are people you can follow for good deals. I follow the points guy. I also follow, it's a Twitter account called The Flight Deals, which offers last minute deals or special deals. And I also follow one called Error Fares, which E-R-R-O-R underscore F-A-R-E-S. And that is the place where you can find glitch fares. What is a glitch fare, you ask? A glitch fare is when airlines screw up and are forced to honor crazy low prices. The I think it's like a unicorn. It is the travel unicorn. <laughs> I've seen stories of them. I have never experienced one personally, but and you have to act fast because airlines are pretty are sophisticated enough to realize they screwed up. Yes. So if you have a good glitch fare story or can tell me how to get a good glitch fare, please let us know. I have never heard of that before in my life. Yes. <laughs> so other tips. Is there any particular day of the week that, you know, will give you better better airfare than others? Well, we were talking about this earlier, and I found, you know, Wednesday has been the day for a long time. But you found Thursday, right? Yes, from the info that, that I researched extensively on Google, it seems that uh, Thursday is the cheapest day to book. I have seen Wednesday before, although lately I do have to say, though, that, it's, that most people seem to be in agreement that the savings are very minimal depending on the days. It is more expensive to book a ticket late at night and later in the week. So like Friday at 3 a.m. was actually the specific day and time I found. But other than that, it seems that the savings are marginal. But And I also heard weekends are a bad time to book airline tickets. Yes. So take, you know, take that into account. What does seem to have a significant impact, though, is your day of departure and your day of arrival. And in those cases, it seems the cheapest day to depart is on a Wednesday. The cheapest day to come back is on a Tuesday for domestic flights and Wednesday for international flights. And by domestic, we are, mean in the U.S. Yes. 
Sometimes people want to know if there are time limits as to how far in advance or how, um, or how close to the date you can buy a ticket. Yes, and we also had varying answers on this based on our extensive internet research. But for f- flights within the U.S., we found booking within a time frame of 47 to 54 days before your flight was saved you money. And if you're booking into other areas of the world, it varied depending on where you would like to travel. For example, I won't go through them all, but for the Caribbean, the optimal time to book is within 144 days. For Latin America, it's 96. For Europe, it's 276. I don't know how they came up with these numbers. (laughs) It was a survey done by Cheapo Air, which we can post in the show notes. Yes. And if you don't feel like looking at specific numbers for whatever reason, most travel experts seem to agree that for international flights, you should book a ticket at least 90 days in advance to get, you know, the best airfare. So, Inez, you've decided where you want to go. You have your credit card. You have your ID. You have sorted out your miles situation. When's the moment you pull the trigger and buy the flight? When I get more anxiety not having a ticket than pulling the trigger. Oh. I, for some reason, I procrastinate like mad when it comes to purchasing airplane tickets. I've tried figuring out what is the psychological reason behind this because I am not practicing what I preach, Kathy. I buy tickets by the seat of my pants all the time. I rarely look for the cheapest options. I don't watch for deals or anything. I think part of it is, one, I am not a spontaneous traveler. So the whole idea of just booking a flight because some crazy deal came on does not appeal to me at all. I just don't even know how I would begin planning something like that. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So how do you – I know the U.S. visa is very – or the U.S. passport is very generous with visa requirements. So does – does that, I know you hold a Peruvian passport, so does that affect your timeline? Like, do you take that into account, or? I mean, maybe this is where the anxiety comes from. Like, the I, I literally cannot just jump on a plane to France. I would need to fill out a visa application that is very extensive and get a decision from the embassy, and I believe that takes a minimum of six weeks. There are a ton of places Peruvians can go to without a visa, And that's kind of where I've been traveling lately because I honestly don't feel like dealing with the visa situation. But it's already so ingrained in my mind that you need to plan these things in advance that it's I'm just not wired to to get something because it's a deal. Right. That's just another thing you should have sorted out when you're buying the flight is even for U.S. citizens, there are extensive visa requirements in places like China, Russia, India. So you need to make sure you book well enough in advance to take care of those kind of things. Yes. And then from a more personal and less bureaucratic perspective, I I just have this fear of jinx. I feel like if I get a ticket way too far in advance, something will come up that will prevent me from actually using the ticket. Like if I buy a ticket to Jamaica now for October 2016, that is definitely the day that my cousin will get married and I will have to cancel my plans. I'm just not good at spontaneity. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I usually book my tickets about three months out, but 
my friend Gina. Hello, Gina Newell. Hi. <laughs> was planning a trip to Peru, and I invited myself along, and she booked her, I think we booked our tickets nine months out. Mm-hmm. And I paid like $700 for a ticket to Peru, which was crazy. And yeah. I that I think that broke me of the jinx factor, because she actually ended up not being able to go. Yeah. But it was worth it, just for, in, in terms of savings. Right. You know, and coordination, so. Yeah, for me, it's though, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm, this is actually one of my 2016 travel goals is to get better at purchasing tickets because I seem to either think that if I do it too close to the date, I will, you know, screw myself over because of documents and visa situations. And if I do it too far in advance, I will screw myself over because something will come up and I'll be unable to go. So, so come along on my emotional journey, audience, as I try to get better at purchasing tickets. All right. How about you? When do you pull the trigger? When I get too anxious to wait or <laughs> when prices aren't going down anymore. Like if a price goes up by $15, I will probably pull the trigger just because mm-hmm. I think it's an upward trend when it could just be a blip. Right. So I look at it more from a financial perspective than an emotional one. <laughs> Which is probably smart. Um, let's talk about miles, because I happen to mention them, and I know you've been part of some miles programs. So for those who don't know, what are they and why are they beneficial or not? They used to be a lot more beneficial than they are now. Mm-hmm. So miles are basically... Uh, miles... Mm-hmm are issued if you're a member of a frequent flyer program, and they used to be based on distance. So if you traveled 1,000 miles, you got 1,000 points deposited into your account. At some point, if you were loyal to this airline, the points would add up, and you'd be able to purchase airline tickets with them. You'd still have to pay for taxes, but it was still better than buying the ticket outright. So there's been a shift in the past few years where airline loyalty programs now base the number of miles you get on the price you pay for your ticket. And it even, like, um, for example, when I flew to Thailand in September, they decided my ticket was too cheap and I got no miles from a flight from Chicago to Bangkok, which sucked. B.S. Total B.S. So as of today's date, which we're recording this in January, American Airlines is the last... Um, has a last loyalty program that rewards miles based on distance flown, but that is ending in March 2016. So if you're flying American, <laughs> buy your ticket now. Yeah. There are also like, and so another point to the the miles mm-hmm. saga is that they airlines have alliances. The three big airlines in the U.S. United, Delta, and American have allied themselves with other international airport um, airlines. For example, United is allied with Turkish, with Polish airlines, with LOT. Ooh, New Zealand Airlines, which is maybe my favorite airline in the world. Yeah, Lufthansa. So they have partners, and you can also earn miles by flying on these partners. But um, the number of miles you earn depends on the partner. And I also got screwed on Turkish Airlines, who told me my ticket was too cheap, and rewarded me no points. So I'm kind of done with miles. I am flying to Dubai later this month. And 
Emirates, which is a very glamorous yeah. Jennifer Aniston endorsed airline, <laughs> um, I wanted to try them. And they are not a member of an alliance, but they have a partnership with Alaskan Airlines. So if you get a, an Alaskan Airlines <laughs> membership number, you can use your Emirates miles on Alaskan Airlines, which sounds like a sham because who's going to fly all around Alaska? However, they are in alliance. They are not an alliance. They are partnered with airlines like Air France and um, many, many different airlines. So that's kind of the way I'm doing it now is, you know, playing a little yeah. fast and loose with the miles. But, <laughs> you know, we're all screwed. I'm not going to pay first class just to get first, first class prices just to get miles. So, yeah, I'm not done with miles just yet, although I do want to find a way to be smarter about it. Even when I was very active with United Miles, I actually never used it for cheaper tickets. We would usually use it more for perks, whether that is getting upgrades or if we went on a really, really long flight, a way to get upgraded to first class without having to pay the first class ticket. I would like to get to a point where I get cheaper tickets. I think maybe the way to do that is more via credit cards that offer yes. miles. So that is also one of my little research goals for this year. I have a Chase Sapphire card and I love it. Um, they give you double points if you book travel. I think it's triple points if you book through their portal. Any sort of travel will give you double points, whether that's Amtrak the Chicago Transit Authority, um, airline tickets, uh, hotels, some mm -hmm. restaurants. So, And they have very generous signing bonuses. I believe I got 50,000 miles at one point wow. for signing up with Chase. And it's not like I know if you earn one mile on United, it equals one mile um, in your account, and that's not really true with mm -hmm. Chase, but you're still earning so many more miles that it balances out. Yeah. And another thing is that those miles are transferable to several different airlines. I know United and Korean Air and maybe Virgin mm -hmm. and a couple other ones. So if I have 25,000 points and Chase only offers the a United flight for 50,000, I will transfer those to my United account and buy the flight for 25000 So it works nice. very well. Yeah. So let's say our listeners are there. They're on their page. They're ready to pull the trigger. Is there any hidden fees that they should look out for? I don't know. Taxes are a bitch. Yeah. I will say that. Um, but most – like if you see a price on Kayak, that will include – Taxes. So it includes everything. What are some hidden fees you look out for? I mean, at this point, I've flown United so much that I feel I know all of them. But I will say that you need to see if they will charge you extra for a bag that oh, yes. is in the carry-on for, um, for checking a bag. A few airlines, although these tend to be less, will charge you for picking a seat instead of having the airline pick one for you. Sometimes little windows will pop up asking you if you want to purchase extra travel insurance or extra leg room. I will leave that up to you guys. I always say no. 
But we're also small women, so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm exactly the kind of person you want to be seated next to on an airplane. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are about it in terms of hidden fees, but just look out for those. So an- another point is that fees really vary by airlines. For example, Spirit is a budget airline, and they do, they're based in Fort Lauderdale. They do flights across the U.S., and they also do flights to South America, but I am not a Spirit fan. They charge you to buy your ticket online up to sixteen ninety nine each way to print your boarding pass at the airport. That's like five bucks for your carry on, for assigned seats, and for water on the flight. They are also notoriously delayed. So Spirit has a lot of fans because they know how to work the system, and I think it works best if you're a solo traveler and can just take care of yourself. Um, but I don't want to be on a flight to Cartagena where I have to no. buy my water, you know, <laughs> and it might be good for short hops, but just go in knowing that. And if yeah. you're not sure, Google your airline and f- Google your airline name and fees and see what people have to say. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I would also caution um, against mile aggregators, which are people that you see on kayak. If you see a ticket and it looks suspiciously cheap and it's being sold through a generically based company like Fly Now (laughs) or something like that, Google it because more likely than not, they are mile aggregators. And what they do is they purchase frequent flyer miles, they sell you a ticket, and then they try and redeem your ticket with their miles which sounds really convoluted and weird and i've not had experience with this because i love the google Um, (laughs) don't we all (laughs) right but um just be cautious if you see an airline you don't know or a company you don't know do your research before you fork over the cash so kathy if you have to choose between booking a flight early or booking one late which one do you choose and what are the pros and cons of either i'm an early booker as i think we've established and the pros are the price if you book early you might miss a good deal because the price might go down so that is a con but on the upside you can get started planning your trip and booking accommodations and such if you wait till late you could get a great deal Or you could get no deal because the flights might be sold out. Yeah, that gives me way too much anxiety, as we've already mentioned. I definitely go for early over late for the reasons you pretty much mentioned. Mm -hmm. Although I will say I've had had my share of of late um, of late booking since I procrastinate, and sometimes you can kind of get better seats. Just because, I mean, as a solo person, sometimes you can get that one random seat that's left open. So speaking of seats, sometimes you can book your seats in advance when you're buying your ticket. Mm -hmm. And my handy tip, oh, and some airlines charge you, so make sure you're aware of that. But my handy tip is to, a few hours before you are scheduled to depart... Try and rebook your seats. If you got crappy seats, log on to the airline website and try and rebook them because a lot of times they open seats up that were not available when you first booked your flight. So that is something that's worked for me in the past. 
And if you're wondering, well, I don't really fly that much, or I've never flown before, what is the best seat to pick? Kind of here are the things I've noticed. So the aisle seat is good if you're the type of person who needs to use the bathroom constantly, because then you're not bothering or waking anyone up to go. The window seat is great for sleeping because you can rest your head against the window and also good for taking pictures and posting it on Instagram and making all your friends jealous. The middle seat is pretty much hell. So, eh. On the other hand, when you have that middle seat left open and you're on one of the ends, it's really awesome because you have extra room. And at least with deplaning, Think about this, too. If you're the type of person that is just bursting to get out of a plane as soon as it lands, you might want to book a seat, you know, further in the front of the plane as opposed to the back. If you're a person who likes to chill and waits till everyone gets off, then choose one in the back. And I do believe that in terms of turbulence, I think it's the middle part of the aircraft that has less turbulence. The back one is terrible for turbulence. So if that scares you, don't go in the back. Oh, good to know. Yes. <laughs> I had no idea. And I've heard, I've heard if something should happen to your plane, that sitting on the wing is the safest place to be. But yes. Is that what you Yeah, heard I've too? heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So that with regards to seats, are there any other travel hacks non-seat or seat related that you recommend? I've heard of this hack. I have yet to try it. Say you're looking for a round trip ticket and say it's really expensive. Why not see if buying two one-way tickets would be more economical? Ooh, I had never thought of that. That's evil. And I think Kayak automatically does that sometimes. Like, we'll show you travel hacks or they'll use two different airlines for one flight. So let us know your success. Um, Another secret of United Miles, because I used to be United Lady, was that you can always build in a layover mm-hmm. and an open job into your reward trips for the same price as a round-trip ticket. Now, what is a layover and an open job? Exactly, Kathy. So, a layover. Here's an example. I was in England this summer, and instead of just getting Chicago to London and then London to Chicago... I flew from Chicago to London, where I stayed with friends for a week. And then I flew from London to Krakow, and Krakow was my stopover on my London flight. So I stayed there for a week, and then I flew to Chicago. Ideally, I would have incorporated an open jaw into that, which would have been Chicago to London, London to Krakow, and then Warsaw to Chicago. So an open jaw is when you fly into one city and fly out of another, Mm -hmm. and you just find your way. Like, I would have taken the train from Krakow to Warsaw. But it's a good way to see more of the country and make more stops without paying extra in miles. Awesome. I don't have too many travel hacks, but the one thing I'll say is if you are, for example, exploring one country, like Thailand or Warsaw or Peru... It makes a lot more sense to actually book internal flights within that country in a regional or local carrier as opposed to using United or American or whatever normal American carrier it is. You tend to get better deals when you use the local and regional airlines, especially within short flights, like one, 
you know, like an internal flight may be. Very true. Yes. Very true. So to wrap up, we're going to give you our top five tips for finding the perfect airplane ticket. So tip number one, zero in on dates. Make sure that you have at least a specific idea of when it is that you want to go. And yes, what time of the year you want to go and kind of what time you want to arrive at your destinations. Because some places you really don't want to land there at night. Tip number two, research your ticket. And by research, we mean go on airline websites that we've recommended, get an idea of what the price is going to be, and see if maybe moving your dates moves that price up or down. Number three, select your ticket. And when you do, make sure to have handy your credit card information, your contact information, and also your travel ID information if they happen to ask for it. All right, number four, review before hitting the buy button. Confirm your dates if you're traveling with someone else. Check for any hidden fees. Uh, make sure you have the correct dates and times. Select your seat and add any frequent flyer or known traveler numbers to your reservation. And number five, Look at your confirmation info. Make sure everything is correct. And if you don't, it's okay. You have 24 hours to change it. Do it as soon as you can. Is there anything else you want to add, Kathy? Oh, um, travel alerts. I know that a service on Kayak and probably other websites is you can set your criteria of the flights you're looking for, of your dates. So set your dates, your destination, and they will send you periodic email alerts, alerting you if there are good deals or when the price goes up or down. Awesome. And I think that's all for now. So if you like our podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us on Podbean. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Travel. We also have a website, xxwilltravel.com, and we have a special request. A special request. To please review us on iTunes. It makes it easier for listeners to find us, and we would love to get more of you. And as a special thank you, we will send you a postcard from wherever we happen to be around the world. Which will be fantastic. So, if you leave a review, send us your iTunes username your mailing address, and probably your real name because we won't be able to mail it to your iTunes username. <laughs> um, and I think that's it. So go forth and travel. Mm -hmm.